amazing people. I hope you all are doing awesome. I am Simran Kriplani and I welcome you all to the study with the Simran podcast. Today in this episode we're going to cover chapter number 14th of grade 11th biology that is uh, respiration in higher plants. So without wasting time let's dive into it. All of us breathe to live but why is breathing so essential to life? What happens when we breathe? Also do all living organism including plants and microbes breathe? If so then how? All living organisms need energy for carrying out daily activities be it absorption, transport, movement, reproduction or even breathing. Where does all this energy come from? We know we eat food for energy. But how is this energy taken from food? How is this energy utilized? Do all foods get the same amount of energy? Do plants eat? Where do plants get their energy from? And microorganisms for their energy requirements? Do they eat food? You may wonder at the several questions raised above. They may seem to be very disconnected. But in reality, the process of breathing is very much connected to the process of release of energy from food. Let us try and understand how this happens. All the energy required for life processes is obtained by oxidation of some micromolecules that we call food. Only green plants and cyanobacteria can prepare their own food by the process of photosynthesis. They trave light energy and convert it into chemical energy that is stored in the bones of carbohydrates like glucose, sucrose and starch. Remember this. We must remember that in green plants too, not all cells, tissue and organs photosynthesize. Only cells containing chloroplasts that are most often located in the superficial layers carry out photosynthesis. Hence, even in green plants, all the organs, tissue and cells that are non-green need food for oxidation. Hence, food has to be translocated to all non-green parts. Animals are heterotropic, that is, they obtain food from plants directly, that is, like herbivores, or indirectly, that is, carnivores. Saprophytes like fungi are dependent on dead and decaying matter. What is important to recognize is that ultimately all the food that is respired for life processes comes from photosynthesis. This chapter deals with the cellular respiration or the mechanism of breakdown of food material within the cell to release energy and the trapping of this energy for synthesis of ATP. Photosynthesis of course takes place within the chloroplast in the eukaryotes whereas the breakdown of complex molecules to yield energy takes place in the cytoplasm and in the mitochondria also in eukaryotes. So mainly in prokaryotes cytoplasm, cyto, mainly in prokaryotes, cytoplasm is involved in breaking down the complex molecules unlike eukaryotes which includes this chloroplast and mitochondria as well. The breaking of carbon-carbon bones of a complex compound through oxidation within the cells leading to release of considerable amount of energy is called respiration. The compounds that are oxidized during the process are known as respiratory substrates. Usually carbohydrates are oxidized to release energy but proteins, fats and even organic acids can be used as a respiratory substance in some plants under certain conditions. Okay. When you are uh, fasting at that time, your fat and maybe protein getting uh, is getting used up. During oxidation within a cell, all the energy contained in a respiratory substrate is not released free into the cell or in a single step. So that's why here it is written in certain condition in case of animals. But in plants uh, also it happens. Mm. 
it is released in a series of slow stepwise reaction controlled by enzymes and is trapped as a chemical energy in the form of ATP. Hence, it is important to understand that the energy released by oxidation and respiration is not or rather cannot be used directly but is used to synthesize ATP, which is broken down whenever and wherever energy needs to be utilized. Hence, ATP acts as the energy currency of the cell. This energy trapped in ATP is utilized in various energy requiring processes of the organism and the carbon skeleton produced during respiration is used as a procedure for biosynthesis of other molecules in the cell now let's discuss do plant photosynthesis uh, do plants also breathe in the next segment i hope you all are doing plenty and i welcome now do plants breathe well the answer to this question is not so direct Yes, plants require oxygen for respiration to occur and they also give out carbon dioxide. Hence, plants have system in place that ensure the availability of oxygen. Plants, unlike animals, have no specialized organs for gaseous exchange, but they have stomata and lenticles for this purpose. There are several reasons why plants can get along without respiratory organs. First, each plant part takes care of its own gas exchange needs. There is a very little transport of gases from one part plant to another. Second, plants do not present great demands for gas exchange. Roots, stems and leaves respire at rates far lower than animals do. Because they are kind of stationary, they are not moving, their energy requirement is not too high compared to the animals. So their respiratory rate is quite lower as compared to the animals. Only during the photosynthesis, a large volume of gas is exchanged and, and, and each leaf is well adapted to take care of its own needs during these periods. When cell photosynthesize, availability of oxygen is not a problem in these cells since oxygen is released within the cell. Third, the the distance that gases must diffuse even in large bulky uh, plant is not great. Each living cell in plant is located quite close to the surface of the plant. This is true for leaves, okay, not in case of, you know, thick woody stems and roots. In stems, the living cells are organized in thin layers inside and beneath the bark. They also have openings called lenticles. The cells in the interior are dead and provide only mechanical support. Thus, most of cells of most of the cells of a plant have a least pa least a part of their surface in contact with the air. This is also facilitated by the loose packing of parenchyma cells in leaves, stems, and roots, which provide an interconnected network of air spaces. Now, the complete combustion of glucose which produces carbon dioxide and water as end products yields energy most of which is given out as heat. If this energy is to be useful to the cell, it should be able to utilize it to synthesize other molecules that the cell requires. The strategy that the plant cell uses is to catabolize the glucose molecule in such a way that not all the liberated energy go out as a heat. The key is to oxidize glucose not in one step but in several small steps, enabling some steps to be just large enough such that the energy released can be coupled to ATP synthesize. How this is done is essentially the story of respiration. 
okay so uh, they are also releasing energy but uh, simultaneously they are synthesizing atp as well so you know this uh, balance is kind of maintained during the process of respiration oxygen is utilized the carbon dioxide water and energy are released as a product the combustion reaction requires oxygen but some cells live where oxygen may or may not be available can you think of such situation in organisms where oxygen is not available well there are many anaerobes uh, where uh, this oxygen is not uh, not available there are sufficient reasons to believe that the first cell on this planet lived in an atmosphere that lacked oxygen uh, definitely that will be anaerobe isn't it even among present day living organisms we know of several that are adapted to anaerobic conditions some of these organisms are facultative anaerobes while in others the requirement for anaerobic condition is obligate in any case all living organisms retain the enzymatic machinery to partially oxidize glucose without the help of oxygen this breakdown of glucose to pyruvic acid is called glycolysis now we going to discuss glycolysis very very important uh, uh you know process one of the very important process of this chapter is glycolysis so let's discuss that in detail well glycolysis the term glycolysis has originated from the greek word glycos which means sugar and lysis meaning splitting basically the splitting of sugar molecule the scheme of glycolysis was given by gustav embedden and otto meyerhoff and j pernas that's why it is even called as emp pathway that is embedden meyerhoff and pernas and is often referred to as the emp pathway as i just told you in anaerobic organism it is the only process in respiration okay so glycolysis is the process which is occurring in both aerobic and anaerobic organism and it is common uh, it is the only process present in anaerobic respiration Glycolysis occurs in the cytoplasm of the cell is and is present in all living organisms in this process glucose undergo partial oxidation to form two molecules of pyruvic acid in plants this glucose is derived from sucrose which is the end product of photosynthesis or from storage carbohydrates sucrose is converted into glucose uh, glucose and fructose by the enzyme invertase and this two monosaccharides readily enter the glycolytic part glucose and fructose are phosphorylated to give rise to glucose 6 phosphate by the activity of the enzyme hexokinase remember ncrt is mentioning the enzyme name over here so keep that in mind to convert glucose or fructose into the glucose 6 phosphate or fructose 6 phosphate we require uh they yeah, just glucose 6 phosphate okay so we require uh, the enzyme named as hexokinase now the phosphorylated form of glucose then isomerized to produce a fructose 6 phosphate so basically uh, fructose is producing uh, this glucose is producing glucose 6 phosphate so now glucose 6 phosphate is uh, you know isomerized into the fructose 6 phosphate subsequent steps of metabolism of glucose and fructose are same the various step of glycolysis are depicted in figure 14.1 you can see that the in glycolysis a chain of a 10 uh, a chain of a 10 reactions under the control of different enzymes takes place to produce pyruvate from glucose while studying the steps of glycolysis uh please note uh please note the steps at which utilization or synthesis of atp or uh, nadh plus h plus takes place atp is utilized at two steps first in the conversion of glucose into glucose 6 phosphate and second in the conversion of fructose 6 phosphate to fructose 1 6 
bisphosphate all right now this is a very very important line like where this atp is used so first is in converting glucose into glucose 6 phosphate and second is in converting fructose uh, fructose uh, 6 phosphate into fructose 16 bisphosphate all right now the fructose 16 bisphosphate is split into dihydroxyacetone phosphate and that is dap dhap and 3 phosphoglyceraldehyde that is pgal we find that there is a one step where nadh plus h plus is formed from nad plus this is when 3 phos this is very very key notes of glycolysis are very very important when this nadh plus h plus uh, is formed from nad plus it is formed when 3 phosphoglyceraldehyde is converted into uh, 1,3 bisphosphoglycerate that is BPGA and do two redox equivalents are removed in the form of two hydrogen atoms from PGAL and transferred to a molecule of NAD+. PGAL is oxidized and with inorganic phosphate to convert it into BPGA. The conversion of bisphosphoglyceraldehyde to 3-phosphoglyceric acid or PGA is also an energy-yielding process. Energy-yielding process, remember. Now, this energy is provided by the formation of ATP, another ATP synthesized during the conversion of PP to pyruvic acid. Now, can you, can you calculate the total ATPs uh, uh, that are directly synthesized in the pathway from one glucose molecule? So... If we talk about the ATP synthesized, then uh, yes, there are around uh, C. Here, basically, four ATPs are getting formed and two ATPs are getting used. You can clearly see that here uh, in the steps like uh, three phosphoglyceraldehyde when it is converted into one three. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. See when one three bisphosphoglyceraldehyde is. Sorry, yar, what I'm speaking. See. When 1,3 bisphosphoglyceric acid is converted into 3 phosphoglyceric acid, at that time two ATPs are synthesized, and when this PP that is a phosphoenol pyruvate is converted into pyruvic acid, and at that time also two ATPs uh, two ATPs are formed. So if you add two plus two, that is four ATPs are getting formed. And if we talk about the utilization, like how many ATPs are used during glycolysis process, then there are two ATPs used. Used like first in converting glucose into glucose six phosphate and second in converting fructose six phosphate into fructose one six bisphosphate. All right. So in the step one and step three, ATP is used, and in the step in and in the step seven and step ten, ATP is produced. All right. I hope this thing is clear to you. And now. Uh, remember that uh, this glycolysis is amphibolic pathway. Okay, and uh, NAD NAD plus uh, is 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 forming NADH two in the presence of enzyme dehydrogenase, and dehydrogenase is the enzyme present everywhere wherever this reduction process is occurring inside this you know biological uh, activities. All right, so dehydrogenase is. Uh, Function is basically to reduce the things or add the hydrogen. All right. So now the uh, conclusion is finally this glucose is converted into this uh, pyruvic acid. Now pyruvic acid is then the key product of glycolysis. What is the metabolic fate of the pyruvate? If we talk about the metabolic fate, then it should be like two ATPs because uh, two ATPs are uh, 
utilized as well, isn't it? Four ATPs are formed and two are utilized. So, you know, uh, if we kind of uh, evaluate, then uh, the answer should be like two is the fat. This depends on the cellular need. Okay, there are three major ways in which different cells handle pyruvic acid. Sorry for the disturbance, people. Now, see, there are three major ways in which different cells handle pyruvic acid produced by glycolysis. These are lactic acid fermentation, alcoholic fermentation, and aerobic respiration. Alright, so fermentation takes place under anaerobic conditions in many prokaryotes and unicellular eukaryotes for the complete oxidation of glucose to CO2 and H2O. However, organisms adopt Krebs cycle, which is also called as the aerobic respiration. This requires oxygen supply. So remember, Krebs cycle is absent in anaerobic condition, and uh, there are three basically pathways involved over here, present over here, mentioned over here. That are this. Uh, Lactic acid for basically this fermentation, lactic acid fermentation. Second is the alcoholic fermentation, and the third is the aerobic one. And the aerobic one actually in, in includes Krebs cycle. Now, if you talk about the fermentation, then in fermentation, say by yeast, the incomplete oxidation of glucose is achieved under anaerobic condition by sets of reactions where pyruvic acid is converted to CO2 and ethanol, and the enzymes like. Uh, Pyruvic acid decarboxylase and alcohol dehydrogenase catalyze these reactions. Other organisms like some bacteria produces lactic acid from pyruvic acid. These shapes involved are shown in the figure. Make sure you check it. In animal cells also like muscles during exercise, when oxygen is inadequate, inadequate for cellular respiration, pyruvic acid is reduced to lactic acid by lactic dehydrogenase. The reducing agent is NADH plus H plus which is reoxidized to NAD plus in both the processes. In both lactic acid and alcohol fermentation, not much energy is released. Less than 7% of the energy in glucose is released and not all of it is trapped as high energy bones of ATP. Also, the processes are hazardous, either acid or alcohol is produced. What is the NAD ATPs that are synthesized? Calculate how many ATP are synthesized and deduct the number of ATP utilized during, sorry, during glycolysis. Which one, when one molecule of glucose is fermented uh, into alcohol or lactic acid, yeast poison themselves to death when the concentration of alcohol reaches about 13%. What then would be the maximum concentration of alcohol in beverage that are naturally fermented? Obviously less than 13%. How do you think alcoholic beverage of alcohol content greater than this concentration are obtained? So these are obtained by the process of distillation, isn't it? When then, the, when, when there... What then is the process by which organism can carry out complete oxidation of glucose and extract uh, energy stored? Uh, extra, there are here a few questions mentioned over here. And uh, see, in eukaryote, this shapes take place within the mitochondria and this requires oxygen. Aerobic respiration is the process that leads to a complete oxidation of organic substances in the presence of oxygen and releases CO2, water, and a large amount of energy present in the substrate. This type of respiration is the most common in higher organisms. We will look at this process in the next section. Like, yeah, next thing is the aerobic respiration. We're going to discuss this TCA uh, cycle as well. Uh, yeah, we will actually able to relate the things like ETS is there, then uh, uh, TCA is there. Well, we will wait in the next section. 
Well, so before moving ahead, let's answer the questions mentioned in this fermentation section. So the first question mentioned over here in the bold letter is that what then would be the maximum concentration of alcohol in beverages that are naturally fermented? So the yeast is getting kind of poisoned when the alcohol is reaching around 13%. Then uh, even more, little more concentration than this 13% will be the actual concentration. So you can, you know, kind of imagine it is around 15 to 16% of uh, alcohol percentage of concentration of alcohol present in the, you know, uh, natural beverage, naturally fermented beverage. 15 to 16% is the amount. Then the next question is like, how do you think alcoholic beverage of alcohol content greater than this concentration are obtained? So yeah, that I already answered you, that was distillation. And the next question over here is that, what then is the process by which organism can carry out complete oxidation of glucose and extract the energy stored to synthesize a large number of ATP molecules needed for cellular metabolism? Then the answer should be glycolysis because the glycolysis is the only process where actually the breakdown of uh, glucose is, uh, you know, kind of taking place. So, uh, yeah, glycolysis is the process. Well, now let's start with this aerobic uh, respiration. Now, for aerobic respiration to take place within the... So, yes, aerobic respiration, which actually occurs within the mitochondria. The final product of glycolysis, pyruvate is transported from the cytoplasm into the mitochondria. The crucial events in aerobic respirations are first the complete oxidation of pyruvate by the stepwise removal of all the hydrogen atoms leaving three molecules of CO2 and the passing on of the electrons removed as a part of the hydrogen atoms to molecular oxygen with simultaneous synthesis of ATP. Now, what is interesting to note is that the first process takes place in the matrix of the mitochondria, while the second process is located on the inner membrane of the mitochondria. Alright, see, uh, first process takes place in the matrix and the second takes place on the inner membrane. Now, pyruvate which is formed by the glycolysis uh, catabolism of carbohydrate in the cytosol after it enters the mitochondrial matrix undergoes oxidative decarboxylation by a complex set of reactions catalyzed by pyruvic dehydrogenase. Now, the reactions catalyzed by pyruvic dehydrogenase require the participation of several coenzymes including NAD plus and coenzyme A. Alright, so this is how this reaction is occurring. You can see here it is like pyruvic acid plus COA that is plus NAD plus is there and acetyl CoA it gives plus CO2 plus NADH plus H plus in the presence of magnesium and the pyruvate dehydrogenase. Very, very important thing to note. Alright, now during this process, two molecules of NADH are produced from the metabolism of two molecules of pyruvic acid produced from one glucose molecule during glycolysis. The acetyl-CoA that is, uh, okay, now this acetyl-CoA then enters a cyclic pathway, tricarboxylic acid cycle, more commonly called as Krebs cycle after the scientist Hans Krebs who uh, first elucidated it. So now uh, let's discuss like here we are getting NADH plus H plus in case of aerobic respiration. 
where basically the uh, pyruvic acid is actually uh, all the hydrogen from pyruvic acid are removed and we we are getting actually co2 and uh, along with co2 we are actually also getting Sorry for the interruption, people. Now let's let's discuss this tricarboxylic acid cycle or the TCA. Uh, TCA cycle starts with the condensation of acetyl uh, acetyl group with oxaloacetic uh, acid and water to yield a citric acid. The reaction is catalyzed by the enzyme citrate synthetase. And, sorry, citrate synthase and molecule of COA is released. Uh, citrate is then isomerized into isocitrate. It is it is followed by two successive steps of decarboxylation, leading to the formation of alpha ketoglutaric acid and then succinyl coa in the remaining steps of citric acid cycle succinyl coa is oxidized to oxaloacetic acid allowing the cycle to continue during the conversion of succinyl coa to succinic acid a molecule of gtp is synthesized this is a substrate level photophosphorylation sorry substrate level phosphorylation in a couple re coupled reaction gtp is converted to gdp with a simultaneous synthesize of ATP from ADP. Also, there are three points in the cycle where NAD plus is reduced to NADH plus H plus, where that is basically NADH2, and one point where FAD plus is reduced to FADH2. The continued oxidation of acetyl COA via the TCA cycle requires the continued replenishment of oxaloacetic acid, the first member of the cycle. In addition, it also requires regeneration of NAD plus and FAD plus from NADH and FADH2 respectively. Now, the summary equation for this phase of respiration may be written as follows. See, pyruvic acid is there. All right. See, pyruvic acid is getting converted uh, in the, uh, along with NAD plus, FAD plus, 2H2O plus ADP plus uh, pi. That is basically the... Uh, uh, what they want to say here this with pi in the presence of mitochondria uh, sorry in in mitochondrial matrix uh, they 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 give us three carbon dioxide plus four nadh plus four h plus plus fadh2 plus atp all right see what is here written that you people must be wondering like what is this ADP plus pi? What are they are actually trying to say? So there is adenosine diphosphate but here the phosphate is kind of you know separated. That's why that separate pi indicates the one of the phosphate which is actually a part of adenosine diphosphate. Alright. So that together it is pronounced like it is adenosine diphosphate only. Alright. So this pyruvic acid is finally getting converted into 3CO2 and uh, see actually the diagram mentioned over here of this uh, Krebs cycle is kind of incomplete if you will try to read with what we had read right now is actually having much uh, many more steps compared to the steps which are you know shown over here the steps missing are let's discuss this process again see uh, firstly this pyruvic acid is converted into acetyl coa in the presence of coa enzyme and uh, and in this process, uh, one NADH plus H plus is uh, synthesized. All right. Now, this acetyl coenzyme A enters the Krebs cycle and uh, with the presence of enzyme citrate synthase, uh, remember, remember, see the term citrate 
synthase synthase in the uh, in it means like to synthesize so citrate synthase gonna synthesize citric acid okay which is uh, shown in the diagram as well but the next step is uh, citric acid is can kindly getting isomerized that uh, see citric acid is now isomerized into isocitrate with that step is uh, not mentioned in the diagram so remember citrate is then converted into isocitrate and this isocitrate is now converted into uh, uh, it is like decarboxylation is uh, happening and carbon is getting uh, removed that's why the next thing which we will get is in the two next steps uh, actually there is a reduction of carbon so you you can clearly see that citric acid contains six carbon isocitrate is the isomer of citric acid so it also contains six carbon but in the next two steps there is a reduction or the decarboxylation so that's why next uh, next thing which is getting formed is alpha ketoglutaric acid which is having five carbon and again in the next step again there's a uh, carbon is getting reduced or the decarboxylation is happening so the next th product which is formed after alpha ketoglutaric acid is the succinyl coa again that is not mentioned in the diagram so remember ncrt is writing this that uh, alpha ketoglutaric acid and then succinyl coa is getting formed but it is not mentioned over here so now succinyl coa is also there now succinyl coa is oxidized uh, to oxaloacetic acid but in between there are so many steps occurring so firstly succinyl coa is converted into succinic acid where gtp first gtp is synthesized which is mentioned in the diagram all right you can see that how gtp is getting formed there okay so this is not a substrate level phosphorylation all right now uh, there are in a in a coupled reaction gtp is converted into gdp with uh, the simultaneous synthesis of atp from adp all right now also there are three points in the cycle remember there are three points in the cycle where nad plus is reduced to nadh plus h plus all right and one point where fad plus uh, plus uh, is reduced to fadh2 all right now the continued oxidation of acetyl coa via the tca cycle requires a continued replenishment of oxaloacetic acid which is considered as the first member of the cycle okay uh, oxaloacetic acid is considered as the first member of the uh, cycle because uh, see what is actually happening is uh, acetyl coa is actually containing two carbon isn't it now it is a two carbon compound oxaloacetic acid is four carbon compound so this oxaloacetic acid combines with acetyl coa forming citric acid and the coenzyme a which is present there is getting uh, released with the help of enzyme citrate synthase uh, sorry yeah it is get basically you know uh, uh, what we can say it is just released uh, okay so yeah that is actually happening that, that that's how this oxaloacetic acid is the first member of this cycle all right now what we have we have till now seen that the glucose has been broken down to release co2 uh, remember it is releasing three co2 and eight molecules of nadh plus h plus two of fadh2 have been synthesized besides just uh, two molecules of atp in T uh, tca cycle remember so basically six six co2 isn't it yeah 
and uh, you may be wondering why we have been discussing respiration at all neither auto has come into the picture nor the promised large number of atp has yet been synthesized also what is the role of role of nadh plus h plus and fadh2 that is synthesized isn't it these are the questions which must be running in our mind so there comes the next step electron transport system so let us now understand the role of oxygen in respiration and how atp is synthesized so uh, how this nadh plus and fadh this how they all break down into you know atp and all we will discuss that now all right now the uh, actual process comes into the picture the following step in the respiratory process are to release and utilize the energy stored in nadh plus h plus and fadh2 this is accomplished when they are oxidized through the electron transport system and the electrons are passed on to oxygen resulting in the formation of h2o the metabolic pathway through which the electron passes from one carrier to another is called the electron transport system or the ads and it is present in the inner mitochondrial membrane all right now remember this what we had uh, what we had you know uh, read this uh, that this second step sorry this eds is actually occurring in the inner mitochondrial membrane remember the location uh, electrons from nadh produced in the mitochondrial matrix uh during the citric acid cycle are oxidized uh by an nadh dehydrogenase that is a complex one and electrons are then transferred to a ubiquinone located within the inner membrane ubiquinone also receives reducing equivalence via fadh2 that is complex 2 that is generated during oxidation of succinate in the citric acid cycle when reduced ubiquinone or, or the ubiquinol is then oxidized with the transfer of electrons to cytochrome c via cytochrome bc1 complex that is the complex 3 cytochrome c is a small protein attached to the outer surface of the inner membrane remember this and act as a mobile carrier for the transfer of electrons between complex 3 and 4 all right now uh then comes this complex 4 refers to cytochrome c oxidase complex containing cytochrome a and a3 and two copper centers when the two when the electrons pass from one carrier to another via complex 1 to 4 in the electron transport chain they are coupled to atp synthase complex 5 for the production of atp forum adp and inorganic phosphate the number of atp molecules synthesized depends on the nature of the electron donor oxidation of one molecule of nadh gives rise to three molecules of atp while that of one molecule of fadh2 produces two molecules of atp although the aerobic process of respiration takes place only in the presence of oxygen the role of oxygen is limited to the terminal stage of the process yet the presence of oxygen is vital since it derives since it drives the whole process by removing hydrogen from the system oxygen acts as the final hydrogen acceptor unlike photophosphorylation where it is the light energy that is utilized for the production of proton gradient required for phosphorylation in respiration it is the energy of oxidation or the production utilized for the same process it is for this reason that the process is called oxidative phosphorylation you have already studied about the mechanism of membrane linked uh, 
uh, adipocytes as explained by chemiosmotic hypothesis in the earlier chapter as mentioned earlier the energy released during the electron transport system is utilized in synthesizing atp with the help of adipocytes which is a complex 5 this is complex consists consists of two major components f1 and f0 the f1 headpiece is a peripheral membrane protein complex and contains the site for synthesis of atp from adp and inorganic phosphate f0 is an integral membrane protein complex that forms the channel through which pro protons cross the inner membrane the the passage passage of protons through the channel is coupled to the catalytic site of the f1 component for the production of atp for each atp produced 2h plus passes through f0 from the intermembrane space to the matrix down the electrochemical proton gradient all right so this is how actually the electron transport system is actually working it's little complex but if you will read it twice very 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 slowly um considering every step imagining visualizing every step you will i'm damn sure will get to it and uh, try to remember the name of every complex try to remember from where this electron is passing and uh, you are done good to go then uh, all right now let's discuss the respiratory balance sheet it is possible to make the calculation of the net gain of atp for every glucose molecule oxidized but in reality this can remain only a theoretical exercise this calculation can be made only on a certain assumption that there is a sequential orderly pathway functioning with one substrate forming the next and with glycolysis tca cycle and eds pathway following one after another then but but that but in reality this everything is you know kind of uh, occurring simultaneously so it is kind of difficult to you know calculate what is uh, how many atps are produced or uh, uh, what is uh, produced when so it is just kind of theoretical purpose but let's do it uh, the nadh synthesized in glycolysis is transferred into mitochondria and undergoes oxidative phosphorylation none of the intermediates the pathway are utilized to synthesize any other compound only glucose is being respired respired no other alternative substrates are entering in the pathway at any of the inter, uh, intermediary stages but this kind of assumptions are not really valid in a living system all pathways work simultaneously that's what i said you people and do not take place one after another they all occur uh, you know as per the need substrates enter the pathway and are withdrawn from it as and when necessary that's what i said just now atp is utilized as and when needed enzymatic reacts are controlled by multiple means yet it is useful to do this exercise to appreciate the beauty and efficiency of the living system in extraction and storing energy hence there can be a net gain of 38 atp molecules during aerobic respiration of one molecule of glucose okay 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 so they had you know directly written that there are 38 molecules 38 atp molecules synthesized from one molecule of glucose now now let us compare fermentation and aerobic respiration so imagine 38 just from one molecule if the person is eating uh just say uh nahi nahi we can't do chemistry we can't insert chemistry here well uh one mole is actually kind of huge number so yeah let it be as it is now let us compare fermentation and aerobic respiration fermentation accounts for only a partial breakdown of glucose whereas in aerobic respiration is completely degraded to co2 and h2o all right now in 
sorry in in fermentation there is a net gain of only two molecules of atp from each molecule of glucose degraded to pyruvic acid whereas many more molecules of atp are generated under aerobic uh, aerobic conditions NADH is oxidized to NAD plus rather slowly in fermentation. However, the reaction is very vigorous in case of aerobic respiration. So, this is, you know, kind of comparison between aerobic and fermentation. Alright, now let's discuss what is this amphibolic pathway. Glucose is the favorite substrate for respiration. All carbohydrates are usually first converted into glucose before they are used for respiration. Other substrates can also be respired as has been mentioned earlier, but they do not enter the respiratory pathway at the first step. See figure like next in the next page, which is actually showing how they actually entered in the uh, you know glycolysis pathway. Fats would uh, need to be broken down into glycerol and fatty acid first. If fatty acids were to be respired, they would first be degraded to acetyl C. A, so they can you know kind of directly enter the TCA cycle. Glycerol would enter the pathway after being converted into BGAL. The proteins would be generated, uh, sorry, proteins would be uh, uh, degraded by proteases and the individual amino acids. After deamination, depending on their structure, would enter the pathway at some stage within the Krebs cycle or even as a pyruvate or acetyl COA. Depends upon the condition, depends upon the substrate. Alright, since respiration involves the breakdown of substrates, the respiration process has traditionally been considered a catabolic process and the respiratory pathway is a catabolic pathway. But this is this but is this understanding correct? Obviously, no, it has to be anabolic as well. We have discussed above at which point in the respiratory pathway different substrates could enter if they were to be respired and used to derive energy. What is important to recognize is that it is this a very uh, it is uh, it is this very compounds that uh, would be withdrawn from the respiratory pathway for the synthesis of the sage substrates. Hence, fatty acids would be broken down to acetyl-CoA before entering the respiratory pathway when it is used as a substrate. But when the organism needs to synthesize fatty acid, acetyl-CoA would be withdrawn from the respiratory pathway for it. So, uh, isn't it acting as amphibo uh, sorry, anabolic? Hence, the respiratory pathway comes into the picture both during breakdown and and synthesis of fatty acid similarly during breakdown and synthesis of protein two respiratory intermediates from the form the link breaking down of uh, breaking down process within a living organism is catabolism and synthesis is anabolism because the respiratory pathway is involved in both the anabolism and catabolism it would hence be better to consider the respiratory pathway as an amphibolic pathway rather than as a catabolic one isn't it and the next diagram is actually the very, 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 very important phase entered into this cycle uh, by getting uh, degraded into fatty acid and glycerol. They are further converted into, you know, uh, acetyl-CoA or if not into acetyl-CoA then into dihydroxyacid and phosphate or uh, glyceraldehyde 3-phosphate which you know kind of enter into the glycolysis, uh, part of glycolysis which get uh, in directly or indirectly uh, entered into the Krebs cycle via this pyruvic acid and you can see how carbohydrates are entering into this TCA cycle first they convert into glucose and uh, glucose one actually uh, simply follows the glycolysis pathway to get converted into uh, pyruvic acid and acetyl COA and if we talk about the proteins then proteins are firstly converted into amino acids and they are further converted into pyruvic acid or if not pyruvic acid then they will some or the other how enter the uh, as it, uh, sorry, this crepe cycle. All right, now let's discuss the respiratory quotient. Uh, 
very small but quite important topic so yeah let us now look at another aspect of respiration as you know during aerobic respiration oxygen is consumed and co2 is released we take in oxygen and we release co2 so yeah the ratio of the volume of co2 evolved to the volume of oxygen consumed in respiration is called the respiratory quotient or respiratory ratio we take in uh, oxygen so volume of co2 con uh, uh, sorry we volume of oxygen consumed and volume of co2 evolved these two things are actually used the respiratory quotient uh, depends upon the type of respiratory substrate used during respiration when carbohydrates are used as a substrate and are completely oxidized the respiratory quotient will be one because equal amount of co2 and oxygen are evolved and consumed respectively as shown in the equation below you can there see that 6 CO2 are getting evolved and 6 oxygen are actually used. So actually the answer is 1. So respiratory quotient is 1. When fates are used in respiration, the respiratory quotient or the RQ is less than 1 because uh, uh, it is like oxygen is used more. Calculation for fatty acids uh, that is a uh, uh, methane is used as a substrate is shown uh, because you can clearly see 102 CO2 is there and 145 oxygen are used. So you can see the answer is around 0 0.7 or point uh, point uh, yeah point seven point uh, yeah when proteins are respirated by substrates the ratio would be about 0.9 what is important to recognize is that in the living organism respiratory substrates are often more than one pure proteins or feeds are never used as a respiratory uh, substrates because they are used uh, elsewhere okay our body needs our body actually needs a uh, protein in many places uh, isn't it so they can't use any protein uh, to synthesize ATP now let's discuss this summary plants unlike animals have no special system for breathing or gaseous exchange stomata and lenticles allow a gaseous exchange by diffusion almost all living cells in a plant have their uh, surface exposed to air the breaking of carbon-carbon bonds of complex organic molecules by oxidation cells leading to the release of a lot of energies called cellular respiration. Glucose is a favorite substrate for respiration. Fates and proteins can also be broken down to yield energy. The initial stage of cellular respiration takes place in the cytoplasm. Each glucose molecule is broken through a series of enzyme-catalyzed reactions into two molecules of pyruvic acid. This process is called glycolysis. The fat of the pyruvate depends on the availability of oxygen and organism. Under anaerobic condition, either lactic acid fermentation or alcohol fermentation occurs. Fermentation takes place under anaerobic condition in many prokaryotes, unicellular eukaryotes, and in germinating seeds. In eukaryotic organisms, aerobic respiration occurs in the presence of oxygen. Pyruvic acid is transported into the my mitochondria where it is converted into acetyl-CoA. Remember this, it is happening inside the mitochondria. We already discussed that in the chapter. With the release of CO2, acetyl-CoA then enters the path. Acetyl-CoA then enters the tricarboxylic acid pathway or Krebs cycle operating in the matrix of the mitochondria. NADH plus H plus and FADH2 are generated in the Krebs cycle. The energy in this molecule as well as that in the NADH plus H plus synthesized during glycolysis are used to synthesize ATP. This is accomplished through a system of electron carriers called electron transport system or the ATS located on the intermembrane of the mitochondria. 
the electrons as they move through the system release enough energy that are trapped to synthesize ATP. This is called oxidative phosphorylation. In this process, oxygen is the ultimate acceptor of electrons and it gets reduced to water. The respiratory pathways and amphibolic pathways, it involves both anabolism and catabolism. The respiratory question depends upon the type of respiratory substances uh, used during respiration. Now, uh, here we finish this chapter and uh, I would recommend or I would suggest you people to read this ETS electron transport system again make sure you are aware of every complex name of uh, name of every complex is very clear to you or you remember the sequence uh, yeah just read that ETS again and uh, then you are good to go solve the maximum MCQs that you can and yeah we are done we will meet soon with the next chapter that is this plant growth and development and then the human physiology last two chapters all right till then uh, keep studying take care bye bye and for any queries, you can contact me on my Insta handle that is at uh, simranv underscore kriplani. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Thank you.